Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. How do the Clippers get back on track? An embarrassing loss for the Islanders. Plus, what does Philly do with Ben Simmons? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. After arguably the biggest win in franchise history, the Clippers came out again without Kawhi Leonard against a Chris Paulus Phoenix Suns team and fell 121-14 behind a Devin Booker triple-double. How can they get back on track as they have in each of their first two playoff series? Joining me now, Charles Mockler from Locked On Clippers and Charles. The, the Clippers have been so good in this playoffs at counterpunching, at, at making adjustments. With no Kawhi Leonard, what is the counterpunch for them in this series? Whew. I mean, other than maybe just sprouting a couple extra players to get some run in, um, <laughs> I, I think really just figuring out where to pick up Devin Booker um, on the court. Ty Lue during Monday's presser said he thought the Clippers were picking Book up a little too high which gave him a bunch of downhill speed and he could put a bunch of pressure on the Clippers bigs and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be a key piece. And I mean, we're going to need Paul George to keep playing at the elite level he is, and he's going to need some help. Um, Marcus Morris was not very effective um, in that first game shooting from deep, which was pretty tough to see. So we need other guys to step up. It can't all be Paul George. And I can't believe I'm saying this Reggie Jackson carrying the offensive load for the Clippers. Reggie Jackson has been outstanding in this playoffs, though, is, is really the remarkable thing. Anyone that watched him in Detroit uh, is going, wait, we're we talking about the same Reggie Jackson. But that is the reality of how this how this Clippers thing has worked in the postseason. When you look at what game one was I and mean, we saw a lot more DeMarcus Cousins than than maybe we thought we would. Uh, and, and it didn't work out. So <laughs> what lessons do you think Ty Lue can take? Who's been awesome in this playoffs, by the way? and take into game two and say, okay, this is how we can attack this team when both are missing arguably their best players. I think in game one, what you saw was very much kind of a fatigue rotation. Like you, you're sure we've, we're not going to see, I hope, let me rephrase that. I really hope we don't see uh boogie cousins for as many minutes. He played 13 minutes. He dunked on Sarek, which was great. And everyone was having a fun time. He hit a random three, but then DeAndre Ayton checked in and it was like, oh, there is a much bigger difference between DeMarcus Cousins on Dario Saric than DeMarcus Cousins on DeAndre Ayton in pretty much every single way. So <laughs> I think those minutes need to be, you know, I think DeMarcus, if he's going to play, which he might given how, you know, our injury situation is, he needs to only play when Saric is out there. And another thing is Avica Zubats has to get something figured out. Um, he, was a, he was a net neutral and plus minus, which – if you watch the game, was kind of surprising given how he was kind of looked a little lost a couple times out there on some possessions. But yeah, I mean, R- Rondo is probably going to get some more minutes too. Tyloo was talking about that in the presser. He liked Rondo's shooting um, and the pace and everything like that. So I think imagine that be, phrase. Oh, I'm trying not to. Um, <laughs> I think, but we got him for these moments, right? Like we got Rondo to be playoff Rondo. So. If he's going to get more time, we hope it's in the right situation where he can be playoff Rondo because we've seen him play very well for the Clippers. But I think we might be due for another kind of 
fatigue rotation for game two, especially with Marcus Morris, maybe not being a hundred percent. Locked on today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, how do the Islanders pick themselves up off the ice now? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the easiest way to buy car parts online, a process that is normally a major, major pain. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Did you know that? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib on Monday became the first active NFL player to come out as gay. Nassib made the announcement in an Instagram post. What's up, people? I'm Carl Nassib. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, but until then, you know, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. And I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America. And they're truly doing incredible things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it, helping any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. In a statement of support, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said the league is, quote, proud of Carl for courageously sharing his truth today. Representation matters. We share his hope that someday soon statements like this will no longer be newsworthy as we march toward full equality for the LGBTQ plus community. We wish Carl the best of luck this coming season. Only one team was prepared for the Dodgers-Padres series to start. Hey, what's up, guys? Javier Reyes here of Lockdown Padres. Padres-Dodgers round three kicked off tonight, and it kicked off good for the Padres against a very good pitcher for the Dodgers, Julio Urias. Uh, not a bad pitcher, but the Padres are able to get to him today with the big knocks coming from a huge home run from Manny Machado and another huge home run from um, Jake Cronenworth later on in the game, giving the Padres a 6-2 win. And Yu Darvish, over 20 innings this year against the Dodgers, uh, combining the three starts he's had, only three earned runs in all those starts. Tonight, goes six innings, striking out 11, looked awesome, and most importantly, looked awesome against the Dodgers. Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark was arrested in Los Angeles after police saw a submachine gun in his car. Clark was pulled over for a vehicle violation south of downtown Sunday. Officers noticed a bag with an Uzi sticking out in plain sight in the car. Clark was then arrested on suspicion of having a concealed firearm in a vehicle. A later report said this is actually the second arrest on weapons charges this offseason for Clark. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for tonight on betonline.ag. Still no Kawhi Leonard for the LA Clippers as they try to even the Western Conference Finals against the Phoenix Suns. The betonline.ag line for this game 
is Phoenix giving five and a half. With their Stanley Cup semifinal tied at two games apiece, the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens look to take control of the series. Only one can do it. The betonline.ag line is Vegas giving a goal and a half. For all your NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoff, MLB, or golf odds, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. It's hard to think of a hockey player who has a more apt name than Braden Point. He scores in his eighth consecutive playoff appearance, and the Lightning score eight unanswered in Game 5 to beat the Islanders and take a 3-2 lead in the series. Joining me now from Locked On NHL and Locked On Kings, Sarah Avampato. And Sarah, if you're the Islanders, how do you pick yourself up off the ice after getting blown off it by the Lightning and now go and try and win an absolute must-win game to save your season. You know, this is one of those games where under normal circumstances, you're like, burn the tape, throw it away, forget it. But I think that there is something that they can learn from this one, um, and that is that they need to hang with the Lightning and that they cannot take it for granted that they have won two games in this series. Uh, They just could not, they were not the better team today. And I think there's going to be a lot of soul-searching to see who needs to step up and who needs to... uh, you know, really come through for this team if they want to keep playing. The other series, uh, they also have a game five on deck, the Canadiens and the Golden Knights. Um, This has, as any 2-2 series would be, has been a bit of a back and forth series. So how does one of these teams grab a stranglehold of this series the same way Tampa Bay did in a dominant performance? Well, first off, no one expected Montreal to even be here. So the fact that they are (laughs) going this deep into the playoffs is, you know, really significant for them. Uh, And they have been doing it by being just absolutely suffocating uh, for the other team. So Vegas, if they want to succeed, needs to find a way to break through uh, Montreal's defense. And they also need to get their power play going. Uh, They have been pretty woefully bad at the power play, both in the regular season and in the playoffs. And uh, if they're not getting even strength scoring, then they have to figure out a way to get uh, to to score with the man advantage Uh, for, for Vegas you know, that that has to be their priority is figuring out how to score on a goaltender who is uh, playing some of the best hockey of his career uh, for Montreal. They just need to kind of keep doing what they've what they've been doing. Uh, they, they are getting scoring from unexpected places. They are having their young guns kind of show up and show that they are here uh, to, to take charge. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things where they need to keep putting shots on Vegas's goalie, no matter who it is in net. Uh, it's a cliche, but good things happen when you go to the net. So what does Philly do with Ben Simmons now? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The best tasting protein bar ever, truly. I got a, a note the other day from a friend of mine who just said the coconut almond is the best flavor. Uh, I have to agree. Of the standard flavors, the coconut almond is almost literally a candy bar, except you're talking about something that is low sugar, low cal, high protein, high fiber. It is a modern miracle of engineering. I don't know how they do it. Uh, and frankly, I don't care because they are just delicious, all covered in 100% chocolate and every flavor seemingly better than the last to try it. Or to go back and get more, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the day. After a 103-96 Game 7 loss, trust in the process may never be lower. Joining me now from WIP in Philly, Joe DeCamera. And Joe, I want to ask you what's next for Philly this offseason, but it's really just another way of saying what does Philly do with Ben Simmons? Yeah, what's next is they got to trade him, Peter. There's no question about it. Ben Simmons has to go. Uh, You can't trust him. And it doesn't really matter what I think, you know, and it doesn't matter what millions of people that are 76ers fans think. It matters what Joel Embiid thinks. You can't imagine, I can't imagine a scenario where Joel Embiid can trust Ben Simmons anymore. They've tried it four times now in the postseason. There's one postseason Ben missed last year when he was injured. You know, Ben obviously can be, can be a good player. He's shown enough in his years that he can be a good player, but he's also shown that he, he really turtles up in the postseason. He struggles against defenses that, have a strategy for how to defend him over a seven-game series. He really struggled with the hack of Ben when teams were failing him intentionally. The Wizards did it, and then in this round, obviously, it happened with the Hawks as well. No doubt in my mind that psychologically affected him dramatically. So the Sixers got to dump him, and they're going to dump him for you know pennies on the dollar of certainly what we used to perceive his value to be. They must, must, must trade Ben Simmons. There's not a shred or a shadow of doubt in my mind, they must trade him. And this was something that started immediately after the game. Joel Embiid made a comment about the turning point in the game being essentially Ben Simmons passing up a dunk uh, and, and missed free throws. Doc Rivers was asked after the game if, if Ben Simmons can be the point guard on a title team, and he said, I don't know how to answer that. So if you're going to trade Ben Simmons, you mentioned getting pennies on the dollar for what we used to think he would be worth. What do you need if you're the Sixers to get back? Because it's probably not going to be, you know, we're not that far removed from him being the centerpiece of a James Harden deal. It's not going to be that. No, and and it's a hard question for me to answer, Peter, honestly, because it's hard for me to evaluate less than 24 hours after that game ended just how low his value has has shrunk. I really don't know the answer to that. I know names that we used to talk about, like Damian Lillard or Clay Thompson or Bradley Beal or, you know, pick other, you know, good players in the league, very good players uh, are not even remotely on the table. I I tend to think the Sixers will get one of the following two types of trades back. I think they'll either get a player or a collection of players that are really underwhelming names that in previous years, we never even would have considered the possibility of trading Ben Simmons for. So I don't know who that could be. Any combination of names that you'd be like, well, I don't really want those guys, but (laughs) you might have to make that trade. And then the other trade scenario I see as a possibility is someone else's damaged goods, whether it's because of a horrible contract or because of an injury or because of age. You know, you look last week, Kemba Walker and Al Horford got traded. Does anyone in the league really want either player for those contracts, given their injuries or age? Of course not. But they got traded for each other because one team says, well, I can't deal with this guy anymore. And the other team says, well, I can't deal with this guy anymore. And they say, all right, well, let's just swap your problem for my problem. So I see a scenario where Joel Embiid's either traded for a bunch of random dudes that most people don't know much about or someone else's problem. It's going to be one or the other. And finally, Clippers assistant Chauncey Billups and Spurs assistant Becky Hammond have emerged among the leading candidates in the Portland Trailblazers search 
for their next head coach. Hammond, who could become the first female head coach in NBA history, has been on Greg Popovich's staff in San Antonio for seven seasons and has interviewed for several head jobs in recent years. She was a six-time WNBA All-Star in her own professional playing career. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Wednesday, can the Clippers survive without Kawhi? So at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on today.